If you take the West Coast Gamblers and you add them to Tate and Titus, what's our record in the West Coast Conference? Oh, in the West Coast Conference? Okay, so we, we got Gonzaga there. So I'm guarding Timmy. Uh, I want Timmy. <laughs> Give me Timmy. Um, yeah, no, I'm five eight one one eighty. I gotta like, I gotta be somewhere. <laughs> let, me, let me, let me, let me, let me put a Nimhart. Let me put a big butt into Chet Holmgren. That skinny bitch will be out of the paint so there, fast. There you go. Tony, Tony's throwing butts and, around. And Tate, two thousand five graduate. Just saying, class D school, Michigan. But I did once upon a time score a thousand points in high school. I'm just not <laughs> bragging, but two time all state. So like, we got shooters. Um, I mean, how many games are we winning? I think I think we're gonna win at least three games. Who you betting on? Always on black, fast stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, welcome to the West Coast Gamblers. Let's get ready oh, no. to gamble. I messed up the intro. That's how bad oh. the NFL season has gone. <laughs> My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Daggles, D'Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson. We are the West Coast Gamblers. That's where I say the title of the show. A proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money today marks the halfway point point of the NFL season. We are entering into week 10, recapping week 9. The Green Bay Packers do not have a future at the quarterback position. This show is losing as many bets as the rest of the world is losing. We have no idea who is a good football team. Dr. Dangles is going to take a turn for the worst. Gravestones, we might be killing the Buffalo Bills, but there is hope on the horizon for the college basketball season. Tips off tonight, and we have one of the best voices in all of college basketball, Mr. Tate Frazier himself, joining the show to talk us through on how we can make money before March. Very excited about that conversation. But Dangles, you've seen me. I'm all over the place. The only (laughs) team that looked good the past three weeks have been your New England Patriots. Quickly, you know, take a bow. We got to talk about the Patriots more often, yada, yada. No, we don't. We talk about the Patriots enough. Uh, A good, a good. They're a playoff team, though. They're a legitimate team. They're playing like it. And as a complete foil to what happened, uh, you know, or what's happened in Green Bay, where your first round quarterback is not looking like a first rounder, Mac Jones just seems to get better and better every week. Honestly, uh, obviously a little bit of, um, you know, talk after the game about a potentially quote unquote dirty play. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Maybe that's just the whole It was hundred percent a dirty play. Okay. Well Correct. uh we can we could we could debate that. But uh bottom line, they are playing very well. Beat the Panthers twenty four six in a game that was a three and a half point spread in their favor. Uh and looking good for uh for that season long win total of yours there, Drew. Oh yeah. Thank you, Dangles. And I like to make a very quick statement. Um second week in a row, Shafer the Sharp licking his wounds. Uh managed to hit my Brinks truck bet and claw my way to a three and two uh, record in Circa, um, which made me happy. However, I did give out a one-point side. That Panthers bet you referenced, Angles, plus three and a half. I'd like to say clearly, I obviously thought Sam Darnold was not playing. If I knew Sam Darnold was playing against a Bill Belichick team, I don't care if he was coaching Rocket Football, I would not <laughs> bet Sam Darnold. So you know, I said my piece. You know what else? I uh, My one-point side I would like to have back as well because in – 
my years of watching football, I thought that if you step out of bounds and then come back in bounds, you are not allowed to be the first person to touch the football. Unless, of course, you're Jerome Baker, linebacker for the Miami Dolphins, who intercepted a Tyrod Taylor pass after being out of bounds. Miami scores another seven points easy before half. Uh, I think Houston lost by this close to the spread that I gave. But hey, Them's the breaks. Also, if the Green Bay Packers had Mac Jones instead of Jordan Love on Sunday, I'm pretty sure we win 40 to 13. But that's beside the point. We're at the halfway mark of the season, and I want to go through the bets that we gave out at the beginning of the year because I think we got to feel better about ourselves. I think we're a little down in the dumps. I don't think we have the confidence that we had at the beginning of the year. So I want to go through because at the beginning of this season, each of us gave out five futures you could take for the entire NFL slate and dangles. Let me go to you first because this past Sunday, one of yours hit J.C. Jackson over four and a half interceptions on the season. He had two against Sam Darnold in that Carolina game, bringing his total to five. Your best bet of the year by far. And my Brinks truck. And your Brinks truck. You also have Kenny Galladay under 1,005 receiving yards. Did you know Kenny Galladay has 19 receptions on the season? He right now has 310 yards on the year. That's looking great. You did say Fields, rookie of the year. But again, those are big number bets. You're taking chances. Aaron Rodgers, MVP. Don't think... You might get half the country to vote I mean, for him for MVP, I don't know. but he's it not depends. winning the award. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then Darren, got my vote. Darren Waller, uh, this is the one that's sort of on the on the level yeah. for you. You have over 1,050 receiving yards. Correct. He's at 470 right now, but as we know, Henry Ruggs no longer on the team. They're going to be looking a lot more to Waller. That's the one that's in the middle. But again, dangles, some you hit, some you don't. How are you feeling about those first five bets? Anytime you can be in week nine, halfway through the season, and already cashing one of your season-long Huge. futures, I feel like that's a pretty good position to be in. Huge. And it was a plus-money bet at plus 120. So if you bet with me and ignore Tony making fun of me, you're cashing that in right now and taking your wife out to a nice steak dinner as opposed to through the drive through at In-N-Out Burger, which nothing, nothing against In-N-Out Burger, but, you know, there's a time in a place and we're celebrating jc jackson being an excellent corner doing exactly what i said he would do and tony do you in your defense your argument at the time was teams are going to be targeting him a lot more frequently with the um with the absence of stefan gilmore who at the time was on the pup list and now of course is a carolina panther and has got yep. two picks in his first two games yep. as a carolina panther including one against mac jones this past sunday um and that hasn't stopped him he's a ball hawk he's proven it once again and he's got his over for this year five picks and I hope uh, more to come. He had nine last year. That's a pretty big number leading the NFL. We'll see what happens. But I love it. I feel good about the Waller bet. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I don't think Justin Fields is cashing that offensive rookie of the year no. bet. And I mean, it's not out of the I, realm of possibility that Aaron no. Rodgers could could win the MVP. But no, Dangles, I don't you're an feel idiot if you that. think Aaron Rodgers has the Aaron <laughs> I Rodgers said could not throw out of for the realm s- of possibility. No, Aaron Aaron Rodgers could throw for 70 touchdowns from now until the end of the season. There's no chance he's winning the MVP. <laughs> the optics of the NFL is all about optics. It's a television show, Dangles. Uh, my bets, some that I hit, some that I did not. For instance, those Green Bay Packers to win the North. You can count that. Uh, Also, Pittsburgh Steelers to make the playoffs at plus 160. I know we have a lot of season left, but I'm pretty confident that they're making the playoffs after what they've done the past three weeks. My worst bet I gave out, though, happens to be what the worst team 
was going to be. That's a bet I've hit two years in a row, and the New York Giants are just can't be as bad as the Detroit Lions. I mean, <laughs> the Detroit Lions might not win a game, and I told you that uh, it was a big bet. It was plus uh, 800, but again, the Giants are not going to be the worst team in the league. McVay also probably not going to win Coach of the Year at plus 1,800. Drew, on the other hand, the biggest bet he gave out was plus 225. The rest were around, you know, minus 100, plus 110, all around the middle here. And and there's a couple that he absolutely nailed. My favorite one being the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots exact a box to finish one and two in the AFCs. Didn't matter who it was, Buffalo or New England. They just had to finish one, two in any order. And let me tell you, the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets are not getting anywhere near the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. You also had Green Bay and Tampa Bay tied together to win their division. The New Orleans Saints are making that a little bit feisty there. Green Bay over four and a half divisional wins. They stand at 2-0 right now, four games left to play. But your worst bet, my friend, your worst bet. The Arizona Cardinals to finish in fourth place in the NFC West. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, man. Well, it's not going to happen, Tony. And just like um, you know, my teaser that was that the the teaser of the year that wasn't going to miss uh, missed by a combined uh, sixteen and a half points. Yeah. Um, and two, some hey, listen, I'll raise my hand. I was completely wrong on the Cardinals, uh, so I'll take that for a loss. But tell them about my last exotic, Tony. I'm still chasing this one down. I'm telling you, I think it's going to hit. Uh, it was. I, I didn't want to bring it up because I think you're an idiot. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson <laughs> no. and Jamal no. Williams. No, that's not the one I you're talking inside, about. No, you know that is, but I have insider information. Right, yeah, I've you're an idiot. T.J. Hawkinson to get over five and a half touchdowns. He has two so far in the season. Jamal first Williams. Two weeks. Jam, yep, first two weeks hasn't scored a touchdown since week three. We're in week ten. Jamal Williams uh, for 725, over 725 rush and receiving yards. He's currently at 411. The only thing I'll say before you go into your diatribe about the O and whatever Lions and how we should root for them to get these points and you can hit your bet, you're still making bets on the Lions. It's I, I commend you in that aspect. All I got to say is when I was looking up these stats, if you're listening to this show right now, Google the name TJ Hawkinson, because the first two pictures that come up are from TJ's rookie year and from TJ this year, and nothing can tell you more about what the Detroit Lions football does to a human being than the difference between those two pictures. The first one, the word I would use would be cherubic. The second one, it looks like he just fought off the bear and the revenant, and that's Detroit Lions football. Shay for the sharp. Well, he is going to fight off the bear and the revenant the second half of the season because I just got word from a very reliable source on Twitter that specifically in the second half, they are working on their red zone offense, which has been absolutely abysmal. As we all know, they're going to look for Hawkinson in the red zone. That bet is live, my friend. Don't call me an idiot. We're going to talk about that in week 18. Gladly. Listen, I was going to let Good. it go. I, wa- Good. I wasn't even going to mention it. I was going to let you off the hook. I wasn't going to mention it like I wasn't going to mention my Devonta Dangles, Smith help to me have out the here. most receiving yards out of Is it a realistic thing TJ Hawkinson can get four touchdowns in eight games? He has two and eight. Yeah, I kind of think it would be ridiculous for him to get four and eight. Anyway. The Revenant T.J. Hawkinson. That's it. We're clearly fighting, Dangles. We're clearly angry. We're clearly <laughs> agitated. This NFL season has been a it's been a drain on us emotionally. So it's time it to go to the doctor. It's time to go to Dr. Dangles. After that, we have Tate Frazier to talk about college basketball. But first, we need to cleanse ourselves. And that's why we are heading to the doctor, and that is coming up next. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. 
And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. Well, we've recapped our season-long futures and made a couple of fun new ones to go back and check the segment out if you didn't get a chance to listen to that. But now it's that time of the week where we do a little lamentation, a little thinking, deep thinking on maybe some mistakes we've made. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't do this this year. I can't do this this week. We've been coming to therapy now for eight straight weeks, and doctor, I know you've done a lot for us. You've given us a lot of help. You have your little glasses. It's a very cute segment, but we suck at gambling. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not going to sit here and try to lament about the games that I lost once more about Jordan Love is no longer a quarterback for the Green Bay. My whole entire football world, as I know it, has fallen apart over the last two weeks, and I don't think a doctor can help me here. Drew, do you mm. agree? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I, I wanted to propose, because there's an open forum, I wanted to propose, doctor, that we could potentially take something a little bit out of the world of science and theory and more into the world of uh, spirituality, if that's all right with you. I mean, you know, if the if the clinical stuff is, it doesn't. I mean, not. I don't want to say it. It doesn't. Well, doesn't seem to be helping because I spent a lot of time and effort getting my listen, degree to be a fake doctor on a gambling sports or a sports gambling right. podcast. But I'm open. I'm open to anything. I never want my clients to feel like they're they're shut off from options. Listen, I know you spent a lot of time doing all those fake things, but know what's been around for longer than time itself are the gods of football okay because they are up there and they do mean something because once again we had things that happened like i had a team that blocked a punt blocked a punt doctor and then somehow some way uh, it hit off a defensive lineman's hand and the team that had the punt blocked caught it and ran it for a first down suddenly new slate of plays and my team ends up losing that game so the football gods the ones up there that really matter no offense doctor are against us right now and so i thought Drew and I, the sharp and the square, could make a sacrifice unto them, a sacrifice to those football gods. So I know the people listening at home won't be able to see what I'm doing right now, but Doctor, do you see what I have in my hands? Uh, It is a football with a Green Bay Packers, a squishy plush football with a Green Bay Packers logo on it. That's exhibit A. Do you see what I have in my hands now? Uh, That is a pair of kitchen scissors. They appear sharp. So uh, the... Uh, This ball has been given to me from a good friend of mine from college and has been on my couch in Los Angeles for the better part of the 10 years I've been out here. And I've thrown it around. I've had fun with it. It's consoled me when I was hurt and when I was crying. And I am now giving up a sacrifice to the football gods. And because it is time that drastic changes need to happen. And so that is for you. That is for you, football gods. Tony has sliced the football in half. It is The innards. My insides. Give me the courage to bet a backup quarterback 
on as a road dog. Give me the courage to take a team that should win no matter what. Give me the courage to win some goddamn money on the football games. Please look upon me with kindness, football guts. Schaefer? i just like to say uh, CLV, closing line value, you can go to hell. Lord Jesus, <laughs> please help me with this closing line value. Um, two weeks in a row, I've gotten over a touchdown of closing line value. Um, what do you know? Last week, the Vikings. This week, uh, the Cardinals. Two teams that I loathe to bet on or against. And I didn't realize. Well, of course I realized because I bet it. I bet against a man that shares the name with my son. My pride and joy. What did I think was going to happen? Lord God Almighty, help me be better. Help me. That is what we sacrifice unto you, football guts. a lovely moment of silence. I just wanted to give some time to breathe there for the sacrifice because the sacrifice doesn't really sink in unless you give it a minute to the pregnant C-section. That was a, that was a, that was a full term three trimester <laughs> pregnant pause. Maybe carried a little bit beyond when uh, the, the the due date there. Uh, well, that is all the time we have for pagan rituals here on the West Coast Gamblers. Uh, now let's get back to the stuff that you actually came to listen for. Up next, we got a preview of the 2021 college basketball season. Tate Frazier of the Gaming Society is going to be joining us. Stick around. West Coast Gamblers. Ladies and gentlemen, we are very excited to have our guest today on the show. He's one of the biggest voices in college basketball. And actually, you can understand the words that are coming out of his mouth, which is rare for a college basketball analyst. Sorry again, Bill Walton. This man has worked with everybody out there from Bill Simmons to Cousin Sally. He obviously has the Titus and Tate show. I said that correctly. And he has his company, The Figures Network, as well. And after all that, it has brought him to today, the pinnacle of sports podcasting, the West Coast Gamblers. Very excited to have him on the show. Please welcome UNC grad himself, Mr. Tate Frazier. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, Tony. Thank you so much. Tony, Matt, Drew. Great to be here, fellas. I, uh, I'm very excited to, to be a part of the West. I'm, I officially am a part of the West Coast now. You know, I'm a North Carolina kid, born and raised. Been out here six years. But now being on this show, I feel like I, I finally get the stamp. I'm a West Coast gambler. You made it. Um, you made it. Yeah, I did it. I did it. Thank you, fellas. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Tate, I'm going to lead off real quick. I, I'm going to jump in Tony already because i got I got to make a confession to you. I started listening to kind of the Ringer podcast around 2017 um kind of like got into podcasting right so uh, of course i i uh, subscribe to a excellent podcast called uh one shining uh podcast <laughs> sound it out drew sound it out yes 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 so i just want to say excellent podcast you and mark titus do a great job but would you believe would you believe that one of the most traumatizing moments of my young life being from Michigan, being a born and raised go blue Wolverine. Uh, every time you start the show, but first Woody Durham, he takes a timeout. He takes a timeout. Technical foul. That's like reliving watching my dog get hit by a car every freaking time, man. Can you can you yeah. do something about that intro? I'm just asking. Yeah, that was like one of the, you know, I, I appreciate you saying all that. I appreciate you listening. You know, I was a producer, obviously, at The Ringer and, uh, you know, made all of our, our theme songs. Um, you know, other than Pearl Jam made the Bill Simmons podcast theme song. <laughs> but uh, for Titus and Tate, I, I got that sample with those horns. And uh, you mentioned the worst thing that happened in your life. One of the, 
one of the things me and my brother who was four years older, uh, I was born in 1993. What we used to watch in the VHS was the 1993 title game. And, uh, you know, we actually had the recording of the radio call of Woody Durham and it was like synced up and, uh, you know, so it was like, that was what college basketball kind of was to me. It was late night. We'd watch a Carolina game, you know, and then afterwards we'd watch the 93 title game. And Drew, I'm sorry that that was the, uh, you were on the other side of that. You know, see, I never thought about the Chris Weber, Michigan oh. side of that. I, I was being, you know, a bit selfish and just thinking about the Carolina, <laughs> Donna, Donna Williams, George Lynch side of things. Um, but, you know, Eric Montross, Eric Montross, right. Just a great team. And like, it's a great moment in college basketball. Cause you know, I worked for Jalen Rose, um, you know, and, Obviously, Fab Five, I mean, what a fucking era. And the fact that the Fab Five played against Carolina and Duke. Obviously, I grew up, you know, 40 miles from Durham and, you know, 45 miles from Chapel Hill. And, um, you know, it is it is college basketball. But, Drew, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> All good, brother. I pre- I accept the apology, and it was. It was an epic matchup that will uh, – it stands the test of time. But uh, I'm looking forward to this year's season. I know we're going to talk about it soon. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it, guys. You know what I mean, and North Carolina is kind of, you know, the epicenter of storylines coming into this 2021 college basketball season in a lot of ways. you got nice. Coach Krzyzewski, obviously, out on his way out uh, in Duke in the farewell tour. And then on his way in, your <laughs> Tar Heels, Hubert Davis taking over for Roy Williams in his first season. So North Carolina is kind of the kind of the place to be here in the in the preseason. How are you feeling about your your Tar Heels and your crosstown rivals in Durham, the the Duke Blue Devils, who sport one of the best uh, best players? It sounds like at least in the preseason uh, in this uh, what is his name? Paolo, I'm missing his last name. Um, Banchero. Banchero. Yeah, he's a uh, he's he's got a, a lot of accolades coming into this season. How are you feeling about Carolina basketball? Somehow Paolo Banchero has joined up with coach k on the pr tour and now is the number one pick in most mock drafts i don't know how he did this um, but he's aligned himself with the right brand and uh coach k um obviously the farewell tour i uh you know i scooped this on the tyson tape podcast one of the one of the you know biggest moments of my journalism career something i'll probably point back to um and tell my grandchildren about one day um but Coach K, like you said, ding dong, the witch is about to be dead, and uh, he's about to finally leave the game. Um, I, I can't, I can't wait to see what that looks like. I appreciate you, Matt, saying that it's the epicenter of college basketball. That's how I feel about this season. I think all eyes and all conversations should be about Coach K. He deserves that. Um, yeah. To me, he, he's the Darth Vader of college basketball, you know. And Darth Vader is about to leave us, and we all know this. Where if you like Star Wars, what is Star Wars really without Darth Vader? It kind of sucks, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's just not the same. And you know, we're gonna put you know Adam Driver, aka John Shire, in the seat and try to see if he can be interesting. <laughs> but we know he's not that interesting. We know he's not that fun. We know he's not that scary, right? Like Duke's always gonna be different now without Coach K. So this is our one last hurrah. So I'm excited about that and. Uh, on the other side, I mean, Hubert Davis, I, 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 here's what I think about this team. I think the stars of North Carolina are Caleb Love and Armando Baycott. But I think they have a ceiling, and we actually have guys that are really going to be the actual stars of the team, if that makes any sense. And those guys are R.J. Davis, Kerwin Walton, and Brady Manick. And I think if those three guys that I just mentioned, not Caleb Love, not Armando Baycott, I think they get their numbers. But I think if those other three guys – uh, show up and step up. They're going to have really good seasons. I think Carolina is a sleeper title team. I really do. 
Um, I know it might sound like a homer pick, but we've won in New Orleans in 1982. We have won in New Orleans in 1993, as we already talked about, Drew. You remember that Final Four. That's why I like Michigan also to go back to New Orleans to that fin- for their Final Four purposes. As a Syracuse graduate, uh, I am all about New Orleans when it comes to Final Fours. That's where we won our only, our only national championship 2003. In, in 2003. And hey, Krzyzewski leaving the Darth Vader role clears the path for Syracuse's Jim Beheim to fully assume the role of of Darth Vader yes. in college basketball. Not that he hasn't sort of gotten to that level already. <laughs> well, uh, Dangles, he, might, he might be the real Darth Vader. Dangles, I'm happy you bring up our alma mater, the Syracuse Orange. And uh, <laughs> you guys talked about how Coach K might be Darth Vader. I sort of attributed him to, uh, I don't know if you watched Succession on HBO, but he's very much the oh, Logan yeah. Roy of the he HBO world. Roy. And I do want yes. to talk about Uncle Frank, Mr. Jim Beheim himself up in Syracuse, because for the first time, in the history of the Syracuse Orange, you have Coach Jimmy Beheim, you have Captain Buddy Beheim, and you have transferring over from Cornell, the eldest son, Jimmy Jr. Beheim. And this triumvirate of Beheim, listen, I did a lot of research heading into this interview because, as the listeners know, so much Beheim. Uh, Tony Cavallo, NFL gambler, not doing too hot this year. So I'm excited for the college basketball season, and I want to get a leg up on the field. And I looked, and lo and behold, uh, Syracuse is nowhere near the top 25 in the AP rankings. Lo and behold, our friend Joe Lenardi, who's been sitting in the seat that you're sitting in right now, Tate Frazier, does not uh, have Syracuse in the first four out. He has them in the next four out. So my question to you is... Where can I bet the Syracuse Orange to make the Sweet 16? Because we've seen this movie before and we know how it plays out. Tony, I'm right there with you. I think that's absolute disrespect. I think the ACC in general has gotten pretty much obliterated in the preseason coverage as far as respect. I mean, we're the Rodney Dangerfield of football and it looks like basketball. That's what I was going to say. We get no respect. And, uh, you know, Virginia 25, are you kidding me? Like, as if Tony Bennett is the, isn't the best coach in college basketball. I mean, I can hear arguments for maybe a Jay Wright or, you know, some people are still hanging on to Coach K fantasies from, you know, 10 years ago. But at the end of the day, the ACC is getting no respect. Jim Beheim, I love this team. He, I, I saw him talking about Joe Girard. He's like, Girard's my kind of guard. And any time yep. that Jim Beheim is complimenting his players, folks, you better pay attention because he doesn't do that lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he loves this team, and obviously he loves this team because he has buddy and and now jimmy there with him um i think that adds another layer but they're going to be uh they're a sleeper team to win the acc i sincerely believe that syracuse they're going to win in cameron indoor um that that's like a you talk about like picks at the start of the year take syracuse at cameron indoor jim Beheim is trying to spoil coach k's night i like that pick oh, um, that would be great and, that would make me so and, happy and, and i like a sweet 16 like you said i mean the, the there's definitely a, a recipe for buddy to be in the second weekend in march and and it, it kind of checks all the boxes. And Jim Beheim's got four more years, he said. So we we're, we got more Beheim to come. Now Tate, now there, there's no there's no disputing uh, Coach K, Jimmy Beheim, obviously. Mr. Roy Williams, uh, may he rest in peace it, with his coaching career. Some of the best coaches in the history <laughs> to ever. Let's not put him uh, in the uh, ground to, yet. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, j- just, just the best coaches uh, of of college basketball history. But I want to transition yeah. into, in my opinion the next best coach in the college basketball Uh landscape, and that is my man, a former member of the Fab Five, Juwan Howard. Now, he's got a team in Ann Arbor. Now, I listened to your show, Mr. Frazier, and I know, listen, Mark Titus, his proud dog Moses, I get it. I get it. He's a Buckeye. He's he's a proud Ohio State alum. He's going to hate on Michigan. I get that. 
But you guys yeah. kind of give Hunter Dickinson a hard time, and I understand he's kind of a big, goofy kind of dork. But listen, this team, they have two grad transfer guards in Eli Brooks and Devontae Jones. They have I like two, I like this team. Drew. One and done. Dude. I like this team. Okay. I, I but but also two one and does in Caleb Houston and Musa Deabate and a deep bench. Now the Big Ten's deep, so I'm not going to ask you if Michigan is going to win the national championship. You already stated you liked him to go to New Orleans, but I'm saying, obviously, you guys are a Big Ten podcast. You've you've made this known, and I appreciate that. Living in Big Ten country, I can't tell you how much I love that. Is this the year the Big Ten breaks the drought and wins a national championship? Whether it be Michigan, whether it be Illinois, whether it be Purdue, and yes, just for just for my friend Mark Titus, who I'd never met, but I know I'd be friends with him because he's cool as hell on Twitter, <laughs> will add Ohio State. Is this mm. the year the Big Ten cuts down the Nets in New Orleans? No. In a word, no. Uh, I, I appreciate I, it. I have given up with the Big Ten winning a national title. I, I think you guys – I don't know what – I know when – I know who's going to win the national title for the Big Ten. It's going to be Tom Izzo. And I, and I don't think it's going to be this year. Oh. So I'm going to say next year maybe – Tom Izzo and Michigan State wins the national title. I wish that Jawan Jawan Howard's going to go to the Final Four this year, though. So Drew, hang your hat on that. You're going to go to the Final Four. Okay. I I, I believe that they're going to at least win one, either the maybe not the Big Ten regular season, but the, maybe they win the tournament. Right? They're going to win one or the other. I think they're then going to take that momentum into a Final Four run. I think there could be two Big Ten teams in the Final Four, but for whatever reason. I have a deep, deep, deep sneaking suspicion that Gonzaga is going to win a national title this year. And I, and I don't want, you know, that to be the case, right? Because I'm tired of the Gonzaga storyline, but for whatever reason, they have to win one, right? I mean, they're already sitting at the blue blood table and they don't have one. Well, uh, to I date, mean, Drew so. Timmy didn't come back to, you know, just make another national well, title game, right? Like, and then, yeah. show, and, then show, and then throw in Chet Holmgren. I mean, that front line with Holmgren and Timmy should be absolutely ridiculous. Exactly. So uh, what I'm saying is like, I like Michigan to, to be a contender to get to the final four, but then I think like a UCLA or a Gonzaga, like those are the two teams that I have kind of pitting. And obviously they're one and two, so it's not anything shocking, but, you know, those are the two. I think Gonzaga is really the team, though. And, and I know that a lot of people are balking at that after the past few years, so I get it. But uh, that's my only reservation as to say Big Ten's going to win the title. I also believe the Big Ten was going to win last year. I thought that Illinois was going to win the title last year. Um, and we know what Sister Jean did with that. God yep. damn it. I don't want to talk about Sister Jean. We as a podcast went against Sister Jean, and it cost us Man, dearly, dearly. And we're big still time. paying for it. We just made a sacrifice to the football gods before you came on here. But, Tate, I do have I do have to say, uh, Michigan, by the way, to make the Final Four is plus 330 out there. But on this Gonzaga team, uh, there's a bunch of great games on this first Tuesday. I'm very excited to watch these games. We're going to break down one in a second. But Gonzaga starts off their ferocious out-of-conference slate with uh, uh, Dixie State, a school that has a grand total of 7,000 people going to it. Gonzaga is a 40-point favorite in this team. I, I know you're saying that, that you have them picked to cut down the nets, but what makes them different, better, or worse than going the team they were last year, sweeping all the players, uh, sweeping all the teams they were supposed to beat and still falling in the end to a very tough squad I, I losing Jalen Suggs, losing a Corey Kispert. What makes them different, better, improved? That you think they're the one to cut down the nets this year? Can't be Drew Timmy or Bust. No, I, I don't think that they. I think Nimhard takes care of the Suggs problem or the Suggs role, right, of that point guard role. And I think Nimhard's going to be great for them. 
Um, I, I think that Chet's going to be an X factor for them, like a guy that can win you a game in the tournament where things aren't going right. You have some sort of supreme talent that can do that. And I also think if they played Baylor like they were supposed to in Indianapolis in the regular season and they got hit in the mouth one time, we have a different, obviously a different conversation when we get to the NCAA tournament and they play Baylor. They weren't yeah. ready for Baylor. They, no. they weren't ready for the physicality of Baylor. And I think that they understand that that's Big Twelve basketball, right? That like yeah. that's they're they're gonna they're gonna feel that and understand that now moving forward. And especially a guy like Drew Timmy, who you know got pretty much exposed in that game for the most part. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's it's they're not better than they were last year. This team is not better than last year's team, but mm. they don't also have to beat last year's team to win the title. You know, if that makes any sense. So just I, I don't think Dixie that they're a better State. team, but I think they're still on a path and one of the best teams and they, they play the games early and then they get to kind of coast a little bit. And I think they can fix things and tweak, tweak things while they coast. And now they know what they're really going to go up against in the end. And that's physicality. And now they have two bigs, two premier bigs to go up against that. And uh, I don't know. I, I somehow am drinking the Kool-Aid again and I don't really like it, but here I am. I'm not going to sit here and ask you to pre, I mean, you've already given us who you think is going to make the final four. You think Gonzaga is going to cut down the nets. I'm not going to, uh, uh, we are a gambling show, but I'm not going to make you nail a bet right here, but I do want to, uh, break down a game that's happening tonight. If you're listening to this show, the day it comes out, it's kicking off tonight, tipping off tonight. We have all these great games and none better than a team that you just said was awful. The Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> Who are ranked 10th in the country. <laughs> going up against the retiring coach, K. Oh. Duke Blue Devils. The spread is only one point. It's, I believe, 148 is the total on the game. But you think Kentucky's terrible. Does that mean you think they're going to lose this game pretty easily? I I was being, you know, I was being a little harsh, right? <laughs> I, look, this is what John Calipari No, don't be, John don't Calipari be, don't be, to give it to John Calipari. Let him have it. He stinks. No, I, I mean, just he hear about told how us, awful he is. This team went nine and sixteen last year. I think yes. a lot of people are forgetting that. I mean, I've never in my life seen a team go from nine and sixteen, return most of those players, add a few transfers, and one five star, get put as the number nine team in the country. Like, talk about uh, a little bit of a, a ridiculous idea, in my opinion. So, uh, Davion Mintz, who was their leading scorer last year in their exhibition game where they beat Morris College, and everyone's like, what's Morris College? I didn't know. But <laughs> Morris College is a D3 school. It's not even good in D3. And they beat or they beat them by nine points. So, you know, you're like, what's going on? The number 19 in the country just beat a D3 team by nine points. And now they're about to play Duke with potentially the number one pick, Paolo Banchero. I'm not saying Duke's going to blow them out, but I've seen Duke blow out Kentucky before in the Champions Classic with Zion Williamson. You know, I've seen that happen before. And that Kentucky team had Tyler Hero on it. Mm-hmm. So um, I I would take Duke in this game. I think Duke is going to win this game. I think Kentucky is uh, more of an experiment and more of a, um, you know, they're going to have to grow into they are than, than grow into the team they want to be than most people suspect. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if Calipari is like reeling off, you know, you know, blaming the media for ranking them so high. I think I think we're about to get into that period where Calipari is blaming the media. So that'll be fun. Oh, that's my favorite Calipari. All right, before we let you go, yeah. one last thing. You've you've uh, you've met me in person. You see Drew and Dangles on the video aspect right here, and I know you, Tate and Titus. You're both well built, athletic young men. Listen. You put all of us together, we make quite the fearsome fivesome. If you take the West nice. Coast Gamblers and you add them to Tate and Titus, what's our record in the West Coast Conference? Oh, in the West Coast Conference? Okay, so we, we got Gonzaga there. So I'm guarding Timmy. Uh, I want Timmy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Give me Timmy. Um, yeah, no, I'm five eight one t- one eighty. I gotta like, I gotta be somewhere. <laughs> let, me, let me, you're, let me, let me, let me, let me. Let me put a big butt into Chet Holmgren. That skinny bitch will be out of the paint so there, fast. There you go. Tony, Tony's throwing butts and, around. And Tate, 2005 graduate, just saying, Class D school, Michigan, but I did once upon a time score 1,000 points in high school. I'm just not <laughs> bragging, but two-time All-State. I love, I love that, Drew. I love that, Drew. So, all right. So, it sounds like we got shooters. Um, Shooter, yeah. Me and Titus, Titus, can shoot. But... So we, Titus can shoot. Like, thank God. Like, oh, no, no. God I'm saying, I'm, saying shoot, I'm not so. Titus. I've seen Titus shoot. Titus can fill it up. Oh, my God. Titus can shoot. So, like, we got shooters. Um, I mean, how many games are we winning? I think I think we're going to win at least three games, you know, just out of, like, respect. I like, like I think the opponents respect us. Because I think we also that. have, like – because I'm going to recruit our bench players. So, we're going to have a bunch of, like, four-star, like, guys on our benches. Like, right. basically, our bench unit is ridiculous. Like people are like, oh my god, I, I don't want to play the bench unit. The bench unit is ridiculous. Can we get, but... can we get Jim Cunningham like coming off the bench for some energy? No, no, Jim. We only have freaks on the bench. Like everyone's like, damn, this is it's crazy. It's a great like, psychological strategy too, because we go out every game yeah. and every opponent's gonna be like, what the fuck are these guys doing? They're starting. They're starting yeah. these three scrubs. We're basically sandbagging every game. We're yeah, right. we're going out there and like letting teams get up and get confident, and then we're just like wrecking them. And That's then they're right. putting in their second units. Then they're having to change their starters to try to match our second unit. Hustle. Every time their starters come up, we get up. You know what I mean? We It's a, we, it's a mind game. It's a mind yeah, game. Yeah, it's like a pool it. table hustle. It's a pool oh, table I hustle. I love it. Well, maybe. I like Jim Cunningham, Kyle Crichton. I like those guys off the bench, Tate. I, I really think we yeah, need some energy, uh, some look, muscle there. Kyle, Kyle's an assistant coach for sure. Jim's like, <laughs> Jim's like in the video department. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. Jim's he'll, giving he'll, us he'll the stat sheet at video. the end of the game. Yeah. Jim's telling you, Tony, you miss every corner three you take. You got to take it into the paint. No, I get it. I get it completely. But I thank you for coming on the show, Tate. I'm so excited to watch college basketball. Welcome to the West Coast Gamblers. We hope you gave you a good time. And again, go Orange, go. Q Sweet 16. Book it. (laughs) Thanks, fellas. Go Orange, baby. Dub C to the G. West Coast Gamblers. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. All right, boys, great conversation with the one, the only, Tate Frazier. We got into it again, Syracuse, the Rodney Dangerfield of college basketball. No respect, no respect at all, but now it's time to pay our respects. It is time for Gravestones. This is where the three hosts here take an NFL team and put them into the ground and say they will not make the playoffs this calendar year. We've been doing this all season long. And as I said at the beginning of the show, we're at the halfway point of the season. Quite a few teams are in the graveyard. Some teams that we've all killed, Jacksonville, Miami, and the Jets, Detroit, and the Giants. 
Each of us, though, have individual kills because we go in how we did uh, in the same order as how we did last week gambling. This week, I'm going first because I was the best, as always. And I've killed Chicago, Philly, and the football team individually. Going second is Diggity Dangles. He's killed Houston, Philly, and Denver individually. Drew, you're uh, taking the caboose once again. You seem to be comfortable back there. You're taking Houston. Two times all year. Once again, two times all year. But keep going there, pal. Houston, the football team, and the Chicago Bears. Uh, no, uh, yeah, we, we can't kill TJ Hawkinson Revenant. Uh, but hey, we tried. Um, but that's it. The priest is calling us in. It is time to go into the chapel. It is time to bow our heads, play that great music. The lightning is about to strike. It is time for gravestones. There's one team out there that somehow we have a a listener to this show that loves this team so, so much. And this season has to be such a pain to them. And it also pains them when I refer to them as their true name, the San Fran 49ers. This team stinks. Kyle Shanahan is a joke. Trey Lance might be worse than Jordan Love. Nah, that's not even true. I can't even say that. But the San Fran 49ers, to lose to Colt McCoy (laughs) as badly as they did, have no business making the playoffs this calendar year. George Kittle or no George Kittle. In fact, I'll say free George Kittle. Good night, San Fran. You know, lots of teams enter the NFL season each year with high hopes. But high hopes are just that, hopes. Some teams are achievers, and some teams are pretenders, and some other teams are just tire fires when it comes to their entire organization and coaching staff. The Chicago Bears fall into that category. I was high on Justin Fields coming into this season. I took him as a rookie of the year, plus 500. He's not quite panned out. That's not to say he's not a good quarterback, but he is not going to become one in this offense and with the team structured the way that it is right now. The Chicago Bears, even in a division where there's only one team that is far and away better than everyone else, will not make the playoffs in 2021. R.I.P. Well, for this segment, I'm going to go to a fan base that has had really nothing to talk about the last six months in the city of brotherly love. Mr. Nick Sirianni holding up a flower saying we need to water this and fertilize it before conveniently playing the fucking Detroit Lions is really inspiring. And it should be no surprise that the three wins have come against the Lions, the Panthers, and the Falcons, none of which have above five hundred records and that team they are sharp darlings every week sharps pouring money on them and they're are about as sharp as a butter knife three and six they're not making the playoffs this year fly eagles fly die eagles die good night and that is the end of gravestones west 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 coast gamblers and that is it 
for the West Coast Gamblers. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson. Thank you, Tate, for coming on to the show. College basketball, halfway through the football season. Excited. The football gods will rain down winners upon us coming on Thursday. I cannot wait to bet week 10. Boys, do you feel confident heading into this uh, this off week here? We're going to do our jobs, right? Dangles, Drew. That's all I know. Thanks. Do your, do your. What, look, what are you looking at me for? Do your job. I'm, I'm out here. I'm, I, we're, we no, all no, need to improve. I, I, I just, I just want you to instill some confidence in me. Yeah, guys, we're gonna do it. We're yeah, going. we. I Listen, mean, what do you want Tony, from me? Let's do it. Do quick, your job. Hey, do your job. Tony, I'll have plenty to say. I'll have plenty to say about this show on Wednesday, pal. You make us seem like we're just taking a dump. We've had two bad weeks. Okay, it is a marathon, not a sprint. We've had two bad weeks. Granted, piss poor weeks. We'll be back. It's what we do. Stop it. Stop it indeed. And as always, thank you for listening. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.